Hello, hello. Good evening and good night, good morning, good day, grand rising, whatever you call it, wherever you are on the planet. Make sure you share this video. I'm going to snap tonight. <laughs> this is one of those rants you guys have been waiting for for a very long time. I haven't done a rant in quite some time, and I'm getting ready to go in. So connect to all your friends. Let them get the link to this video. Let them get in here and let them get some real knowledge because, you know, I'm going to bring it to you raw. <laughs> I ain't holding back. So it's going to be a great night tonight. Getting ready to go in and rant on this topic. We're talking about religion manipulating you through the devil and through Jesus. We're talking about contradictions in the Bible tonight and things that uh, most people don't even know were said in the actual Bible, even though they are literally counting on this one book to take them all the way into eternity. And that's a quite long time. And so don't you think that if you're counting on this information to achieve eternal life, you probably should know everything about it. I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> I think you need to know everything about it unfortunately most religious people don't know one less than less than one tenth of one percent of what they're supposed to know about their own religion i'm gonna say that again most religious people know less than one tenth of one percent about their own religion but yet and still they're looking for this to take them into eternity now, keep in mind, this is not about bashing religion. This is about exposing real truths. This is about giving you information that will make you begin to ask questions and then begin to seek answers to those questions, all right? And as I usually do, I always bring my receipts. I always bring my receipts, very important. We're talking about a lot of contradictions. You see, one of the biggest problems that I have with religious beliefs, and before I go into this, let me make my disclaimer at the beginning for all the people that this guy must be an atheist. No, I'm not an atheist. I clearly have stated literally hundreds, if not thousands of times over the last two decades that I believe that there is actually a God, a programmer that has programmed this matrix that we're living in, this that we're living inside of a holographic, uh, fractal holographic light matrix, a matrix of light. We are in, we are completely uh, immersed in it, all right? And thereby not allowing us to detect the fact that we are actually living in a matrix of light. We now know through quantum physics that even our bodies, which appear to be solid, are made of light. Man exists both as a being of light and also as of matter, according to actual peer-reviewed science, not according to Billy Carson. So you can't say, oh, this guy's just making this stuff up. If you think I'm making this up, go review and study wave-particle duality in quantum physics. Go take some physics courses. Spend some time studying instead of some time acting and reacting on the emotional feelings. Because what I like to do is I'm going to literally rip away and tear down your entire belief system with facts. And I believe that there's a creator. Why? Because the quantum physics and the quantum mechanics proves 
that we are living in a creation. The method of the creation, which I have explained many times, is a fractal holographic matrix of light. We know that by taking an eighth dimensional quasi crystal in a laboratory setting, which scientists have actually done, it will cast down, when you put it in a particular angle, it will cast down a fourth dimensional quasi crystal. And when that's positioned in a specific angle, it casts down a sphere, which is the universe that we're living in. So we know that we're living in the shadow of a higher dimension. This is real science. This is actually real science, not emotions, not opinions, science. So I'd like to make that disclaimer up front and in the beginning. This is not an atheist rant because I'm not an atheist. But what I have stated for a very, very long time, the people that the, the people that have been praying to the quote unquote God that's in this holy Bible is not the creator of the universe. And I've proven it many times. Many, 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 many times. And I'm going to bring some bring forth some more evidence tonight that's going to prove my case once again that the person that you are saying is God in here is not God, is not the creator of the universe. One of the things that uh, they like to say in church, God is good all the time. He's the same all the time. He's never changing. He's never changing. That's the biggest statement that preachers push on you from the pulpit. God is good all the time. He's the same. In the beginning, he's the same as he is now today. He's never changed. Interesting. It's an interesting statement. Never changed. Keep that in mind. All the time. Same all the time. Never changed. Interesting. Well, let's look at what this biblical text has to say, or rather, what God has to say. Ephesians 6, 5. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Interesting. Now, let's think about this for a minute. <laughs> You are an all-knowing, all-loving God, creator of a universe, and literally can create planets with just spoken word, create living things with spoken word. But all of a sudden, you can't say slavery don't exist. <laughs> you can't say, I don't want slavery to ever exist in my universe. I cast it out of my universe. The thought will never appear in anyone's mind. You can't do that? You, you, so what does it mean? What this means is, you got to remember, the Bible was written by what? People. Human beings. They're trying to say that this thing was orchestrated by the God that created the universe. No. No, it's much deeper and darker than that. If you don't believe me, watch my video that I have on the same YouTube channel. Could the God of the Bible be Satan? And then digest that one. It's on this YouTube channel. Check it out. Could the God of the Bible be Satan? Watch that video. Very eye-opening. I think it has over a million, two million views or whatever. 
Let's read, let's read this again. Ephesians 6.5. This is undeniable. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear. Now, the last time I checked, fear and love don't really go together. They just don't go together. Those two things don't go together. As a matter of fact, my hypothesis, see, I always tell you when I'm thinking about something outside of the receipts. My hypothesis is that most people become religious, in this particular case, Christianity, because they want to protect their asses. They don't want to burn in this quote unquote lake of fire, which I'm going to talk about tonight and expose that fake lake of fire tonight. Make sure you share this video. <laughs> I'm going in deep. Share this video for all the people out there who's talking about lakes of fire and going to hell. It's going to get exposed tonight. Doesn't exist. And I'm going to give you the dates it was added and everything else. But why would this all-knowing and all-loving God want you to be fearful of your master? And accept this slavery. But this is the creator of the universe. God is good all the time. He never changes, right? Never change. Maybe he doesn't because guess what? He, again, adding gender to a, to a creator of the universe. Again, more male energy, more masculine energy, more male dominance. Right? Unbalanced energies, unbalanced frequencies. Look what men have done to this planet. We turned this thing into a damn ghetto. Wars, killing, bloodshed, murder, raping, pillaging. 90% done by men. Just a fact. And now, on top of that, here we go again. Right? Here we go again with the foolishness. Endorsing slavery. Let's look at this. Again, why would Christians want to be afraid and fearful of damnation and, and hate and hatred and, and attack from their own creator who's all-knowing and all-loving? They're only doing it because they want to save their ass. Just in case this hell and lake of fire, is actually, it actually exists. And if it exists, I played it safe. I snuck on in because I just played the game long enough and I was able to ask for my last forgiveness to sin right before I died. I, I just made it right before I was going to drop dead. I knew I had just two breaths left and I was able to say, save me, Lord. And I was able to siphon my way up into this amazing, amazing heaven. So I don't have to get cast down with the infidels. Look at this. Romans 6, 16. And you guys wonder where all this slavery came from. You think white people invented slavery? <laughs> white people didn't invent no damn slavery because these people who, who were doing this foolishness were not white. Romans 6.16. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. They just love the you. They just love slaves in this book, don't they? They just love, 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 love slaves. And they want you to be damn obedient. You better be obedient. You better be obedient. 
1 Corinthians 7.22. And remember, if you were a slave when the Lord called you, you are now free in the Lord. Oh, how nice of you. How nice of you. I can still be a slave, but as long as I'm calling on the Lord and believing in the Lord, I'm the slave in the physical body, but my mind can be free, but my body can never be free. And if you were free when the Lord called you, you are now a slave of Christ. Oh, why, thank you. <laughs> I can now be a slave of Christ as well. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. You're so kind. Won't he do it? Come on. Y'all don't hear me, man. <laughs> Y'all don't understand. This is complete foolishness. Complete. If you think this is the creator of the universe doing this, if you really truly in your heart believe that sincerely, then you've been fooled to the highest level. You've been duped to the highest, highest level. As I said in the beginning of this video, my disclaimer, I believe that there's a God and I believe that there's a creator of this universe because the science proves that we're living in a creation. The science proves that we ourselves are a creation. However, the one in this book, that ain't it. That ain't it. Way off. Not even close. Not even close. What you're looking at here is a hodgepodge of recycled texts and scripts and papyruses from all over the world that have been remixed and remixed again and contorted to be able to utilize to control the masses and collect a lot of money and also keep a lot of slaves for a lot of free labor because free labor is really important in ancient times. They needed a lot of free labor, a lot. I remember I was in Egypt. Uh, the last time I was there was what, October 2023. Uh, yeah, October 2023. No, October 2022, I'm sorry. 2023, I'm going again with another 70 people. I had 70 people in 2022. We're there in, uh, in Egypt, and uh, you know we're talking to a lot of the homegrown guys and indigenous people and so forth. And uh, you know it's just pretty amazing to see the mindset and the understanding that we have versus what they have. It's like, you know, totally different. The people that are still following the old ways, which aren't that many. There are some pyramid priests, which I talked to. There's a picture of me talking with a pyramid priest on one of my social media accounts. And uh, it's pretty interesting when you get these different ideas and concepts of what has happened in the ancient past and what's going on right now, you know? And what the concept of an actual God is or creator is versus what this book has implied. It's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Let's take a look at this. Leviticus 19.20. If a man has sex with a slave girl whose freedom has never been purchased, but who is committed to become another man's wife, he must pay full compensation to her master. Oh, how nice of you to make this law, God. We appreciate that. But since she is not a free woman, neither the man nor the woman will be put to death. Oh, how nice of you. How He is good all the time. He really is good all the time. In other words, if I go well, and take somebody's slave woman and have sex with her, as long as I give them a couple of shekels, 
I'm good to go because guess what? She's a slave, so I won't be put to death, and neither will she because she's just a slave too. Now, you're trying to tell me, now that's God speaking. That was God speaking, by the way. He is good all the time. All the time, ain't he? Come on now. Y'all don't hear me. <laughs> Y'all don't hear me. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Pass that plate around. Come on now. Do you really believe in your deepest heart of hearts that the, that the creator of the universe would make a statement like that? Or do you believe that a human being with an agenda wrote that? Come on. Come on now. Start thinking. Get this thing clicking up here. Get this thing clicking up here. <laughs> what is it? You tell me. Is it the creator of the universe making a statement like that? Or is it a man making a statement like that? Hmm? Slave girls. They got slave girls. And trust me, they were underage. You think this pedophilia started in Hollywood? Let me tell you something about it. You know what the Romans used to do? This is even during the Roman Catholic era. In the beginning, when they merged with the, with the Christians and said, look, we're going to just adopt this Christianity thing because y'all are fighting against us too damn much. Let's just take this and wrap it into our paganism and make it into one religion and collect money from everybody and make them, make them bring us all their offerings and all their fresh harvest so we don't got to go hunting for food because we ain't damn sure ain't going hunting for no damn food. To bring this stuff to the, to the front steps, your best offerings, we want it because we got to put that in our storehouses because we hungry and we ain't going to do no work. You're going to bring it to us, and we're going to tell you that the blessings are coming from up above, that they fall for that dumb stuff too. Right? That's what they do. They, they, they're pimping. They've been pimping for a long time. Then what they do? Rome says, you know what? We're going to go ahead and push this Christianity all over the planet, and we're going to use it to dominate and take over every continent. And then what do they do when they go to war? Women were not allowed on the battlefield. That's a rule of law in the Roman army. So we're going to take all the little boys. So they take all the little boys and take them out to war. And they know they're not coming back for seven to 10 years if they even return alive. The odds of them coming back at all is slim. So they're going on this journey across continents and across lands, unknown lands to, to slaughter, kill, rape, beat, murder, and take over and plunder so that Rome can collect money and gain more power and more land and more resources, they take the little boys with them for sex. Because why? Because women weren't allowed on the battlefield. So the boys were who they took. You see, so they've been up to this foolishness for a very long time. You see, but how do they get away with that? Well, all I got to do is say, please, Lord, forgive me. And it's all, it's all taken care of. <laughs> it's all good. Please, Lord, forgive me, and I'm, I'm good to go. I can rape another boy next week and just do that again, and I'm good to go again. You see the contradiction here? The biggest problem with religion, specifically Christianity, um, and the majority of them, really, there's 45,000 dominations. I can't even keep up with them anymore. 45,000 dominations. I mean, denominations. 45,000 denominations. I mean, come on. Are you, are you kidding me? 45,000 denominations. What are, you, what are you doing? Like, what are you really doing here? 45,000? Really? You need that many different 
versions of the same information? Come on. It's ridiculous. Leviticus 25:44. However, you may purchase a male and female slave from among the nations around you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I really, you know, I'm so grateful. I can actually go now and I can go to another nation around where I am and I can go purchase a male or a female if I want to. It's okay because God said, ain't he good all the time. He, he never changes. Remember I told you in the beginning, Christians put, he never changes. He's never changed. Never changes. Never changes. Again, more collusion with slave masters. More owning of slaves. More approval for purchasing human bodies, human people, people, sentient beings for use as you see fit. Where do you think this slavery concept came from that literally dominated the planet? Where do you think it derived from? Where do you think the source was? Who do you think taught slavery the most? Who do you think pushed it on the world? Who do you think began to rob, pillage, and rape and steal people from their indigenous lands and transfer them all over the place and put them to work for other people for free labor? It's right there in the book. The evidence has been staring at you this whole time, yet you didn't see it because you listen to those four verses that are being pitched to you every week by the pastor. And then you listen to the prosperity message so you can give up all your little coins. And they make sure they give it to your heart, too, so that you give up everything you got. You got to give till it hurts. Monday, you can't pay your electric bill. And on Monday, they laughing all the way to the bank. They driving out of there in a Cadillac, used to be Lincoln, but now it's either a Cadillac, they in an Escalade, or they in a, a, a Range Rover or a Mercedes. And you pulling out of there in a beat up 1999 Toyota Corolla with no AC. Come on, y'all. Wake up. Sleepwalkers awaken. Ecclesiastes. Two, seven. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. So these slaves had had babies. I also owned large herds and flocks more than any of the kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. You somebody they're bragging about, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm breeding these slaves over here, man. Come on now. I'm breeding slaves. This is a piece of cake. This is how I built my wealth. I'm breeding. I got, man, I'm, my, my people, I'm breeding these slaves. I got people growing up in my house now. Now I got field slaves and house slaves, and I'm putting them to work. How did slavery start? This is your good all the time Bible. Ain't he the same? He never changed. Won't he do it? This is him. Him, he, another masculine energy. With no balance. Sounds like a narcissistic, psychopath, sociopathic clown to me. That's what it sounds like to me. 
It don't sound like the creator of the universe. Not even close. Not even close. This is supposed to be a divine book authored by God himself. If you believe that, that's where you're going with everything. And let's read this. Exodus 21, 20 through 21. Anyone who beats their male or female slave with a rod must be punished if the slave dies as a direct result. But, hold on, but, there's a but here. But they are not to be punished if the slave recovers after a day or two since the slave is their own property. <laughs> okay, come on now. Really? Really? This is God talking. Won't he do it? Anyone who beats their male or female slave with a rod must be punished if the slave dies as a direct result. But if the slave recovers in a day or two, all is forgiven. <laughs> Come on, man. What are y'all into? What 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 kind of what kind of craziness are y'all into here? What is this? What is this foolishness? Somebody come in my face and tell me that the creator of the universe made this statement. I'm going to laugh and walk away. And yet millions of people drop to their knees and pray for this stuff. Are you kidding me? What kind of fairy tales are we believing in? What kind of adults are falling for these, these fluffy stories? Are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me right now? If a man walked up to you in your street right now and you and your family and told you something like this, you literally would turn and walk the other way laughing or either running in horror. And yet people are following this thing and people have used that exact statement to promote and push slavery in the most recent era over black people for the last 400 years. And we still ain't all the way out of it yet because we got economic slavery. We got the prison system slavery. We got the educational slavery. We're still in the matrix right now with the slavery system. We ain't all the way out of it yet. And we got the mental enslavement, which has really held us back even more for the longest period of time. That's going to take more, maybe 15, 20 more generations to work out of our DNA and put us in a seriously bad spot. Black people are last on the entire planet right now. Last in everything. And we're coming up little by little, but it's going to take generations to come all the way back. But that one verse I read you was the premise for the majority of the teachings in the slave churches. Where the master would sit right there in the church with one person that he ordained to be the pastor, because he can read only one. And he's going to read these specific scriptures, especially this one. Is mandatory reading, mandatory reading. The slave Bible is in the Library of Congress. You can go check that out. Romans 14, 9. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both dead and the living. All right. 
So now we're going into where people are talking about this return of Jesus. But nowhere in the Bible does it say Jesus is coming back. It keeps mentioning Christ. Jesus didn't say he was going to return. He said the Christ would return. What is the Christ? When you look into, there's been many Christ on this planet. When you look into what a Christ is, it's a level of consciousness. You see, there's some good stuff in the Bible. But what they did was they took the good stuff and they overrode it with a lot of bad stuff, a lot of darkness, a lot of manipulation and agenda, and a lot of propaganda. You got to be able to discern what's good and what's bad. What is being born again? Being born again is rising up to a higher level of consciousness and looking back on your previous thought process and realizing that you've grown consciously. That's being born again. Not having some pastor douse you in the ocean or throw you in a bathtub or splash water on your baby. Your baby don't even know what the hell's going on. You didn't bless any baby. You didn't do anything positive for that kid. All you did was give the kid some trauma, PTSD. Kid gonna be afraid to go swimming now because you just splashed the kid and dashed him hardcore into the into the little tub, and now this kid is gonna be afraid to go swimming. That's what you did. You just gave him PTSD. Nothing else. You didn't give him no blessings. Being born again is rising in consciousness. Christ consciousness is the highest level. The ancient sages knew this. Jesus Christ was not the first Christ. There was many Christ before Yeshua the Christ. It's a level of thinking and understanding. It has nothing to do with this foolishness that you've been preached and taught. Not one iota, not none of it, period. Heaven and hell is a state of mind. Heaven and hell is a state of mind, and these are your temples. Then you got the people that are sitting around. More contradiction. You got to call on the name of Jesus so that you can be saved and you can be born again and you can die and go to heaven. But then here's the other contradiction. If you now you know, if, if I'm if I'm believing and walking in Christ and been calling on the name of Jesus, I'm going to be raptured up into heaven. I'm never going to have to die. So am I going to die or do I not got to die? The Bible says you got to die to be getting to enter the gates. And then there's somewhere else it says you don't have to die to enter the gates. Well, which one is it? Which one is it? Well, let's take a look at that. The rapture doctrine. John Nelson Darby. He added that to the Bible in 1827. That's not too long ago. I mean, that's literally just a couple hundred years ago. The rapture doctrine was added to the Bible as a cliff note. Pastor saw it as a positive thing that can that can put fear in the people and, and energize the people and can bring in a lot of money. So they made it part of the scripture, became part of the doctrine, but it was a cliff note originally by John Nelson Darby, 1827. There is no rapture. If you've been sitting around kicking your feet up, watching the world burn, thinking, oh, the infidels will be burning in this Oh, unlimited eternal fire, and I'm just going to be swept away off this planet, so I'm not going to do anything down here. I'm not going to put any of my energy into these people. I'm just going to ask for forgiveness and wait for this God to come sweep me away into this magical heaven. You missed the boat. You missed the message. You're so far off, you don't even know what is, what is up and what is down. 
There's no rapture. There's no magical rapture coming to snatch your body, your spirit out of your body and suck it up into some magical heaven. It's not going to happen. Another man, M-A-N, human being, wrote that. Not the creator of the universe. Not the creator of the universe. And as I said before, my disclaimer, I believe that there's a God. I believe that there's a creator of the universe. This ain't it. <laughs> the Gnostics knew. The Gnostics knew. That ain't it. 1827. A couple hundred years ago. A couple hundred years ago. That was just added. Right? When was hell added to the Bible? Oh, what do you mean? Hell was added to the Bible? What is he talking about? The lake of fire, the burning lake of fire, the eternal burning and suffering, purgatory. I'm going to go there if I don't do this. That's why I got to pretend like I love this stuff so I don't end up in this lake of fire. The fear is driving me to do this religion. And, I don't, I, and I'm not even aware of it. I'm just trying to save my ass. You know how many Christians come to me and tell me I'm doing this just in case. <laughs> they doing it just in case. It sounds like a bunch of lazy people to me. They don't want to do the research to figure out what the hell really happened so they can figure out what they should be doing. The mission is to bring heaven to earth. You missed that message, didn't you? The mission, is, the mission is to do greater things than he. You missed that message, didn't you? You're supposed to even excel and exceed far past what Yeshua's achievements were on this planet, not in any kind of magical heaven, right here on this physical plane of existence. You're supposed to bring heaven to earth. Can you master that right here? Can you love your brother? Can you stop falling for divide and conquer? Can you get the hell out of poly tricks? Can you stop falling for the foolishness and go take a word, a, a trip towards spirituality and visit inner space so you can expand the outer space and find out who you truly are and the power that's truly inside of you and find out that you are God walking in the flesh every single day? Because the same divine spark that created this universe is inside of your body. Can you do that? You see, that takes real effort and energy and thought. The easy road, sit back, kick my feet up, and I'm just going to say my little amens, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, beg for my little forgiveness every now and then to keep myself on easy level, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, hey, right here, my, right, right here, but if I say a few more times, I'm going to work my way up to about right here, just in case I die, I'll be right at the edge, I can probably sneak right on in, you know, I'm going to do just enough to make sure I get by, because I want to live for eternity, I want to be alive forever, you know what I'm saying? I want to be... I know those five verses. I've been saying those five verses for the last 25 years, 30 years, you know, so I got them down pat. <laughs> That's how y'all sound, man. That's exactly how y'all sound. If you don't believe me, start talking to yourself in the mirror and see how stupid it is. Start talking to yourself. Start saying this stuff that you say to other people in the mirror. You might run away from your own damn self. It's that dumb. There's no logic behind it whatsoever. I mean, none. You might have a Jehovah Witness tell me, 
Yeah. I need to I need to come to God for forgiveness and I need to do this and do that and and ask for them to be my savior and all this. I said, why would I do that when I got a direct connection with God myself? You can't have a direct connection with God. You can't do that, she tells me. I said, well, why not? You have to go through the brothers at the kingdom hall to get a direct connection to God. You can't go to God directly. Does anybody talk to themselves in a mirror and say this stuff out loud and actually listen to it and think it actually sounds right? I mean, really? I said to the lady, just ask, answer me this question and I'll follow you to your kingdom hall. Who's Charles Taze, Charles Taze Russell? She couldn't answer the question. So, okay, you don't even know. I said, are you relying on this kingdom hall to take you into eternity? Yeah, but only 144,000 are going to make it. That's why I'm knocking on your door. I said, wait a minute. 144,000 people are only going to make it into heaven. But at the time, I think it was 6 billion people on the planet. I said, there's about 6 billion people on the planet. I said, so why would you knock on my door and tell me about this secret? You should keep this a secret for yourself so you could be in that little group of 144,000. Why would you keep come telling everybody around the world? That's a secret for you to keep so you can get in. You tell me, I might outdo you. I might be better than you. I might be more loyal than you. I might satisfy the brothers in the kingdom hall better than you, and then you will be out, and I'll be in. Why would you come knocking on my door? Lady, her eyes started rolling around her head and stuff. <laughs> Lady got sick, put her head down, and walked away. Come on, man. Are you guys? <laughs> I mean, come on. Somebody, please tell me something. Somebody, you guys got to stop. I mean, come on, stop this foolishness. Please, I'm, beg I'm begging you guys. Come on. I, I, stop doing this. Stop it. Stop it. It's dumb. <laughs> we can't stop. It's ridiculous. You know, I did a, a, a video. <laughs> I did a video. Um, who's doing all the killing in the Bible? That's on this YouTube account. Who is doing all of the killing in the Bible? And you know what I found out during my research into that topic? It wasn't the devil. <laughs> God had killed over 3 million people in the Bible, including his own son. <laughs> the devil didn't kill anybody. <laughs> this is crazy. He had killed over 3 million, plus his own son. And the devil didn't kill anybody. That's crazy. Like, think about that for a minute. Who was doing all the killing? But then I came across this verse, Isaiah 45, 7. I form the light and I create the darkness. I make peace and I create evil. I doeth these things, saith the Lord. That's God speaking. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? God is good all the time. Good all the time. He said it. Look, he said it. He told you guys. He, him, him, he, a man, gender. You guys think a man walking around with a magic wand creating universes and stuff. <laughs> what kind of fairy tales are you guys into here? This is like sadistic fairy tale talk. This is like really sadistic fairy tale talk. I form the light and I create the darkness. I make peace and I create evil. 
I, the Lord, doeth these things. He didn't say the devil did this and Satan did that, and he didn't blame it on nobody else. He said, no, I'm the one doing this to you. I do evil, and I do good every now and then, too. So I got you guys, I got to mix it up, you know, a little yin and yang, you know what I'm saying? I got to do a little mix for you guys. You know what I'm saying? I got to keep you on your toes. A little good and a little evil and mix it right on in there. You know what I'm saying? You never know what's going to come at you. <laughs> come on, man. He said, I create the evil. That's why he killed over three million people in the Bible <laughs> and his own son, too. Y'all don't understand, man. <laughs> this is craziness. This is craziness. That's so sadistic. I got a great. Uh, I'm the creator of all the universe. I can literally think things into existence. I can breathe life into rocks and dirt and turn them into living beings. I got a good idea, though. Hmm. These humans are acting up a little bit. I don't know if I can just walk down there and give them a little knowledge, or should I use vitro and fertilization into a woman's womb, make her pregnant, let her go nine months and give birth to a demigod, half mine and half hers, have it grow up, and then when it's the right age, I'll sacrifice it and kill it and slaughter it in front of everybody. So I can absolve these humans of their sins. <laughs> Come on, man. You, you talking about the creator of a universe. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. Wake up. This is your wake up call. This is your way. If you've been looking for a sign, this is it. <laughs> if you've been looking for a sign, this is it. I got all this power and dominion over everything that exists. All I got to do is say, hey, guys, it's time for y'all to come to school. I need to teach y'all something. Come on over here. Y'all come, come in. Come in over here. Come over here. Come on. Come on in. Let me show. Come on. No, come put that. Put down that shovel. Come on over here and sit down. Sit your butt down right there. I got to talk to you for a minute. Okay, sit down. All right. Let me explain something to you guys about love and harmony and peace and wisdom and understanding. I'm going to come here every day at the same time. I'm going to teach you guys personally myself because you guys need to get some knowledge directly from the source. Directly from the source. All right? Directly from the source. So I want you guys to come on over, sit down, and I'm going to spend some time with you. I'm going to spend some quality time with you since I'm your God. No, 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 no. That's, you know, that, no, that lot. Why would I even think about that? That's dumb. No, what I'll do is, I'll do an in vitro fertilization into a woman, have her husband get angry at her because she thinks he slept with another guy. And then when the baby is born, it'll be raised by humans. But then at one point, I'm going to reach out to this, uh, this, this, this kid and say, hey, I'm your father. And now you got to become do my bidding. And, and I'm going to put this, this man through turmoil and torture and slaughter him and have his blood splattered all over the place. So people can see my glory and my power. And people are crying and weeping and dropping down. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Look what he did. Look what he did. He slaughtered his son. He sliced him open and, and, he, and he gutted him. He let the Romans gut, his, gut him and let his guts fall out all over the ground. Oh, he's so great. <laughs> oh. Come on, man. 
Stop. Basic common logic. That is dumb. And I can only be as blunt as I possibly can because you need to get the hardcore version of this so you can go, wait a minute. This guy's making a little bit of sense here. I better research this a little bit harder for myself. I need to dig in a little bit deeper. God created all but needed Adam's rib to make Eve. That's right, La. Interesting. You always see these contradictions. That's another great contradiction that Law just brought up. I'm an all-knowing, all-powerful, omnipotent, omniscient God. And now I create, I, I literally turn clay into a, burst, a person. But just I need a little something to go along with this guy now. Because something just ain't right. So I'm going to go ahead and have to knock him out and take ribs out of his body. Because I can't make another one. Because I'm... <laughs> I use all my energy making the first one. If I try to make another one, I'm gonna be too tired. I won't be able to make that other planet and that other solar system I've been thinking about since last week if I put all my energy into this dirt right now. So I'm gonna just crack a rib out of his body and turn that into a woman. It sounds dumb, doesn't it? You can say it, it sounds stupid. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay to say it, it sounds really dumb. See, you never talked about this out loud. You never went and stood in front of the mirror and repeated this information to yourself so you can see how ignorant it actually sounds and how improbable it actually is. And let me tell you something. It's completely improbable. It's some of the most ridiculous stuff that I've ever heard. And I've read over a thousand books, scriptures, papyrus, cylinder scrolls, and texts from all around the world. And when I go into here, it's like I'm, le I'm reading a comedy show. I'm literally reading a comedy show. Now, is there good stuff in the Bible? Yes. There is good information in this book. The problem is the average person can't separate the good from the bad. They have no real discernment. So they lump it all together. And because they can't really understand what's in it in the first place, they have no clue where to even go. So that's why they go to the building that's called the church or a kingdom hall or whatever you want to go, a temple. And they listen to somebody spew at them propaganda for two, three hours, and then they give them all their money and they go out and they're going, whoo, I feel so much better. I might, I might make it to heaven now. Then I got a slight, I'm about right here, but if I do a little bit more, I might get to right here. And then I'm thinking I might, right before I die, if I could just say those last, utter those last words right at the last second, I just might slip right on in. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Like I said, the creator of the universe exists, not in here. Sivlov said, if Jesus was a predestined, if Jesus was death was pre, if Jesus' death was predestined, did Judas get a raw deal and scapegoated? <laughs> Another great contradiction there. Because God, well, God through Jesus tells says to the other disciples that there's a devil amongst us and he's going to slip into Judas and he's going to blah, 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 blah. And this, you know, Judas turns him into the money changers and so forth and so on and blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden he sold him out and now they're coming to grab him. A lot of people haven't even read the book of Judas. 
Eh, I'd recommend it. It's a it's an apocrypha text, and it's a little bit different than what you've been told in history. <laughs> they left that out of the Bible by accident on purpose. They didn't want you to read that either. Nobody read the book of Jesus's wife. Did you read that book yet? Oh, yeah, the book of Jesus. It's at the Harvard Seminary. You didn't know he had a wife, did you? <laughs> you thought he got crucified on a real cross and all that kind of food. You thought the Romans gave you the right story, the true story. Now, the Sinai Bible, Jesus was never crucified. And that came out before the King James Version. And the Sinai Bible has about 14,000 differences in it than the King James Version. The, King, the Sinai is actually much closer to the truth. Because the farther you go back, the closer to the truth you actually get. Matthew Kirshner said, did Jesus travel to Asia before he came back in his 30s? And did he die in Japan? That's a very good question. What I can say to you there, Matthew, is uh, when Jesus disappeared from the Bible at the age of 12, he ended up in Egypt. And there's a place in Egypt right now where I'm taking people every year. I took people last year, taking people again this year to Coptic Cairo. And the place where he lived at the time that he arrived in Egypt is still there. The bed he slept in is still there as a shrine now. What did he go to Egypt for with his mom? To learn the Egyptian mysteries. He became an adept initiate of what? Thoth, the Atlantean priest king that authored the Emerald Tablets, who ruled over the land of Kemet for 16,000 years, one man by himself. That's what he went there for. And then after he left, uh, Egypt, he ended up in um, Tibet to learn Qigong and Reiki and all those arts, healing arts with his hands and moving energy through his body. Most likely with the monks. That has been confirmed by the Dalai Lama. Then he ended up down into India to learn the mystic arts, teaching reincarnation all the way back into Egypt. <clears throat> you can find that information in the Gospel of the Holy Twelve. Again, not in the Bible. Then, he appears back in the Bible at the age of 32, riding on the back of a donkey. I called my son out of Egypt, the Bible says. Oh, I called my son out of Egypt. Hey, man, you're done over there. Come on back over here. Now, we got to put you back in this story now because, you know, you did your thing over there. It's all good. You got the knowledge. Okay, come back on over here because now we're about to proclaim you to be the king. And then we're going to slice your head off and jab you and put you on a cross and nail you to a cross and stab you in the stomach and Take your blood and all that. You know, we're going to do that to you next. So come on back over here because we got to finish this story. <laughs> That's the foolishness I'm talking about. You know, and then you got the story, you know, Satan, what is he guilty of? Being petty. <laughs> Satan is just petty. He's just petty. I remember Jesus was out in the wilderness, right? <laughs> For 40 days and 40 nights. And, and, and the devil's like tempting him, you know, I'll give you the world and, and I'll do this and I'll do that. And he wait till Jesus get like real hungry and real like, real like exhausted and, and thirsty for water. And he's really, really hungry. And that's probably like the 30th or so day in. And he's like, hey, well, if you're the son of God, why don't you turn this rock into bread? <laughs> I mean, that's like, you know, the highest level of what you see going on there. I mean... This guy's like literally not riding around slicing people open when the angels of God literally come down on the ground, put on military gear. This is in the Bible. I read this in my in my uh, other video, Book of Deuteronomy. Get get weapons of war out to go to battle with humans to go fight against people 
that they don't even know because God wants that land. And God said, one person over there, um, you know, has cursed my name or doesn't believe in me. So take down the entire town, the entire city, kill the women, kill the children, kill the babies, and bring me back the spoils of war. What kind of God needs a spoils of war? What is going up that God needs spoils of war? What would that do for a God? Like, if I'm a God and I'm creating everything, then your petty little quote-unquote ideology of what war and money and exchanges are <clears throat> doesn't even exist in my brain. It's like, y'all, y'all just ants to me. Like, you know, what, you're going to give that to me? Like, what am I going to do with it? I can create whatever I want by thought. So why would I need your spoils of war? Why would I need you to go fight a war for me because I'm pissed off at what somebody else said about me or what somebody else ain't doing to worship me the way I want to be worshiped? Because as the Bible says, I'm a jealous God. Well, why is God jealous? Why is something that's supposed to be so divine and all-loving and all-knowing also now jealous? There'll be no other gods but me. Why? Well, why is that? That's more contradiction. Well, what other gods are there that exist other than me if there's other gods? Oh, I get it. You're talking about, you know, saying that, you know, idols and this and that, you know. Actually, when you look at the translation of the biblical text into its original form, you discover that the word God is mistranslated. Everywhere where you see God singular, it's supposed to be gods with an S, plural. Plural. But the S was dropped off by accident on purpose to usher in a monotheistic mindset of biblical text. So you can think that there really is only one God. It's only one God. We got the right. We just, out of all the religions, we just happen to be in the right one. This is the one. We made it. We're going to heaven. I just got to do this, 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 and this, and act like this, 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 and this. And I can pray over my ham hocks. I can pray over this gravy. I can pray over these ribs, and it ain't going to give me no diabetes. It ain't going to give me no high blood pressure. Oh, somehow it gave me high blood pressure and diabetes anyway. Damn it. I must not have been good enough somewhere else in my life. I got, I got struck down with this disease now because I didn't. I thought if I prayed over this food, it was going to be good to go. But it, somehow it still killed me anyway. <laughs> the Bible came as God spoke the universe into existence, and it took him seven days. Then he rested all these human physical acts. Why not God need to rest if he's all-powerful? Will Livingston, great question. Another contradiction. An all-powerful, all-knowing God, why would he need to rest? Again, he as well. Why is it always a he? Because I'll tell you why. A man wrote this. Now, where did this text come from? You've heard me say it many, many times. The Bible is a remix of a lot of texts. A lot of books that I have right here in my own house, in my own library. I've done a video called uh, The Forbidden Book List. It's on Forbidden Knowledge TV. You can go check that out. I think I went through about 400 books in three hours that night. That was only like, I don't know, a third of the books I have in here. But anyway, we're talking about the Old Testament coming out of the Enuma Elish and the Seven Tabs of Creation, the Epic of Atrahasis. We're talking about the Mahabharata, the Bhagavad Gita, the Indian Vedas. Uh, we're talking about the Myth of Adapa, the Code of Hammurabi, um, the uh, 42 Laws of Mayat. Um, I mean, the, the the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is actually the Egyptian Book of Going Forth by Day. I mean, I can go on and on and on. 
you know, you're talking about taking a lot of different scripts and a lot of different writings and teachings and compiling them together. That's what the Council of Nicaea did. Then they sorted through them all and they kind of curated it and they figured out what they were going to keep out and what they were going to what they were going to leave out, what they were going to keep. And when they came up with an idea of what they were actually going to keep and what they were going to leave out, then they began to remix it. Of course, to continue to have male dominance over everything. And so they started there. That's why women couldn't even walk into a temple. You couldn't walk into a temple. See, back then there wasn't a church yet because Christianity didn't exist yet. You couldn't walk into a temple. You couldn't look at your you couldn't look at any other man in the street in the eye. You'd be beat by him, by the man you looked at, and by your husband when you got home. This is all about oppressing women and about pushing women down and putting a boot on women's necks. That's what it really is all about. Women just got the ability to talk in regular churches not too long ago. I mean, and just and in some Christian churches today, to, still to this very day, women still can't speak. They better shut the heck up. Or they'd be ostracized from that church. That's today in 2023 that's still going on. That was just told to me by somebody not even a month ago who actually is at that particular church and believes in that. Believes in it. Somebody gave a donation. I tried to click it, but it went so fast. There we go. And believes in it. Let's take a look at something else here real quick. This is this is just I hope you guys are getting I hope you guys are beginning to get an understanding of the dogma that you've been that you've fallen prey to. And I do mean fallen prey. You've been a victim. You've been victimized. You've been you've been targeted since birth. Literally. You've been targeted since birth. And it's unfortunate you've been targeted since birth, but you've been targeted since birth. Like I always say, when you were born, you were given a name, a race and a religion and you spend the rest of your life defending a false identity. You don't even know who you are. You have no clue who you really are. You haven't spent any time even looking into who you really are. Hence, you walk around as a soulless avatar operating on matrix programming code. You literally live by the programming. The programming that's coming from the outside in, from your parents, your friends, the TV, your teacher, society. And then from the internal programming, from your hormones, the way they respond to your environment on the outside. And so your hormones are carrying codes throughout the body and you're just living on those codes. So you got codes on the inside and codes on the outside and your thoughts are completely connected to yourself. So you don't have any separation from your own thoughts. So you're just a robot walking around, living one bit at a time, a BIT, zeros and ones, walking on the code, not ever knowing that you can hack the code, you can change the code, you can reprogram the code. You haven't even separated yourself from your own thoughts. You're the observer of your thoughts. You're not your thoughts, but you don't know that yet. And so you're walking around thinking you're an individual and you're somebody special. And you're just a programmed robot walking around the streets, <clears throat> carrying information to and fro. Never really truly, no truly knowing the power that's inside of your body and who you truly are. <clears throat> let me let me look in here for a minute. Now I gotta wrap this up. <clears throat> Let's take a look at some more contradictions here. Let me drink some water because this pulpit is hot. <laughs> ah. <clears throat> Let's see. I was looking at my notes here. <clears throat> 
<clears throat> All right. No one knows who was born of God's sins, but he who was born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. It's interesting. But the sinless net goes a lot wider than that because it's a plot twist. Don't forget about Job. So what they're saying here is, you know, that every man is born in sin. It's this original sin, and you can't escape it. It's just a part of, as soon as you come out of the womb, you're already evil. You're evil from birth. And then no man can escape it. All of a sudden, though, you got Job who escaped it, supposedly. Job was without sin. He never sinned one time. He got tempted by the devil, but he didn't get killed by the devil. But what happened? God tortured him. Took everything he had, even killed his wife and kids and everything. Gave him diseases, made him lose everything. That's pretty sadistic. Just because he was having a bet with the devil. M. Herbert, any knowledge on the Quran and how it intertwines with the Bible? Yes, M. Herbert, I'm going to do a whole separate video on that because that's a whole other video. I got to do that's a whole other hour and a half. I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to do that one. I'm going to do that one probably next. Both texts are extremely similar, but I'll tell you the Quran, a guy who is completely illiterate meets up with an alien who comes down from space and tells him, hey, I need you to uh, write this down, knowing that this is being supposed to be like, you know, pretty smart because, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm this angel that has all this knowledge. So let me uh, let me come on down here and holler at you for a minute. I want you to write this down. Oh, you didn't know I was illiterate. I can't even read and write. Oh. Well, go hire somebody. Go get somebody to come in here and do that, all right? Because I need you to write this stuff down. So then he's got to go get somebody to write this stuff down because he himself can't write or read. And so now this person's got to tell, this angel's got to tell this person, and then this person's got to tell this person just so it can be, I mean, <laughs> listen, I can go on and on and on. <clears throat> can you speak on Sodom and Gomorrah? I'm going to talk about that. It's a whole video I'm doing. I'm doing a whole show on Sodom and Gomorrah on my new TV series, Anunnaki History. It's going to be a whole TV series that I'm doing on that. Believe in Christ and you're forgiven once and for all. No begging for forgiveness anymore. Um, no, that's not the case. Because if you believe in Christ and ask for forgiveness, and then next week you go and slice somebody to pieces, you need more forgiveness again. You're not going to be able to say, oh, thank you, Lord. I, uh, I'm begging for forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving me. And then live a life of sin and think you're going to go to heaven. That's more contradictions. And that's really a scapegoat. See, before I even go into one of the biggest problems I have with Christianity and most religions is it gives you the ability to absolve yourself of your own responsibility, of your own wrongdoing. This is the biggest problem we have in society today. And the reason why we have this problem is because 85% of the world is religious. You see, at any moment, I can literally do something wrong and I can blame it on the devil. The devil made me do it. He whispered in my ear. He got up in me and he, he, he interacted with me and made me do this thing. It wasn't really me. It was the devil that wanted me to do this. So now I take no responsibility. Then I go on over here, take my little change and give it to the little plate in the church and say, hey, Lord, forgive me. And I'm good to go all over again. It's like a reset. 
I just hit the reset button on the video game. I'm good to go. And guess what? I can do that over and over and over and over again, never fully, really taking responsibility for my own wrongdoing, for my own actions, and never learning how to correct myself the right way. And the way to correct yourself when you do something wrong is to first and foremost admit that you did something wrong, not some outside source came to do it and not some outside source came and tricked you and beguiled you, that you yourself made a conscious decision within yourself to do wrong. And then when you analyze and come to that conclusion and that reality, then you say to yourself, I screwed up and I'm sorry. And I forgive myself. Now my next step is to learn from what I did wrong, learn about those consequences that came along with that bad decision, and figure out how I can do it better the next time. Now I've been born again. That's the cycle. That's how you gain wisdom. That's how you become an ascended master. Taking responsibility for your mistakes, owning up to them, manning up and taking those consequences, whether you like them or not, forgiving yourself, gaining knowledge from the problems and situations that occurred, learning how to do it better, and moving on. That's the system. And if everybody on the planet did that, we'd be living in heaven right now already. You don't need to beg out for some outside forgiveness to do that. Because when you beg for the outside forgiveness, the next week you're going to do the same damn thing all over again. You're going to blame it on the devil. Then you're going to turn around and ask for forgiveness. I want to blame it on the devil. You're going to turn around and ask for forgiveness. This is the cycle. This is the cycle that needs to be broken. It's a cycle of complete and utter ignorance. It's a cycle of complete and utter ignorance. Sitting in a Catholic church next to a box with a guy on the inside and confessing all the stuff you did last week. And he tells you, okay, you got to pay uh, $180 in penance so you can get out of the purgatory. We're going to save you a couple years out of hell. I'm going to cut your time in hell down by two thirds if you pay this money and you can go back out on the street again and do it all over again next week. Dumb. Absolutely dumb. It's stupidity. And we got grown up, fully grown men and women believing in this garbage. Break the cycle. Sunflower says, break the cycle. Stop this foolishness, man. Do better. Be better. Teach your kids better. Otherwise, we're going to be stuck in this cycle for many more generations. What is holding us back from taking our birthright as claiming this planet as our own? Taking back control of this planet from the 100 families that control and run 8 billion people? What is stopping us from taking control of our reality and manifesting the life we want? Religion and polytricks. Those are the two things you guys got going on that are stopping complete advancement of the human race right now, today. Completely pushing separation, division, and racism, mental and physical enslavement. Those two things. Religion and polytricks. The two most detrimental things ever put into place on this planet to literally hold mankind back.
You remove those two things, we got 99% of our problems solved, literally overnight. If I had Thanos' glove, if I had the glove, they, sometimes I think Thanos might not have been a bad guy. If I had the Thanos glove and I can zap religion and polytrix, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Gone. And then let's sit back and see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I guarantee you, it'd be a whole new world. And be a whole new world. The polytrix got you destroyed. You're mentally ill. You're mentally destroyed on the polytrix. You're mentally destroyed on the religion. Religion pushes separation, division. It pushes racism, separation. Well, I'm Pentecostal. No, I'm 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 no, I'm Baptist. No, we're not, they're not, they're not as good as us, you know. What? Wow. I, I, I'm I'm Jehovah Witness. We we got it right. No, I'm I'm what? What? Are you kidding me? No, I'm a I'm a Democrat. No, I'm a Republican. We know what's going on over here. No, we know what's going on over here. Both sides are bending you over. They're not even spitting on it. They're just going in raw every single four years. They don't spit on it. They bend you over. Boom. Right in the backside. <laughs> and you take it. Ooh. Ooh, they went in raw. They went in pretty raw that time. I can't wait to vote one more time. You must like it. You like that, don't you? You love it. Because you keep falling for the same old trick every four years. You keep thinking something's going to change. No, it's you that got to change. Not them. They're sharks. A shark is going to be a shark. A shark is going to be a shark. And when it smells blood, it's going to attack. you got to understand there's sharks out there. But guess what? There's not that many sharks. There's 8 billion of us. Stop falling for the polytrix. Every four years, I put my name on the ballot and put that inside the box. I go there. I get in line like everybody else. And when I get to the front of the line, I take the blank ballot and I write Billy Carson. Boop, drop it in the box. I am the president. Literally, I am the president. And if you don't believe you're the president, you already lost. If you don't believe you're the president of your own life and your own family, no matter what's going on on the outside, you already lost the game. Period, point blank. You lost. You lost. See, I'm walking in my power everywhere, even to the ballot box. Billy Carson. Boop. Every four years, I vote for who? For me. I'm not voting for these clowns out here. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You think I'm participating in that foolishness? Left wing, right wing. All sheep led to slaughter. When you get to the end of that line, they got a hatchet. Hey! Hey! When I get to the end of the line, they don't even know what to do with me. Because I don't play the game. I'm an anomaly. Y'all got to wake up, man. Anyway, it's been a good talk tonight. Don't forget, register for Blueprint for God Power Part 2. I pinned it in the comments. I'm going to drop it in here in the chat right now. You guys got to check it out. It's taught by myself, Billy Carson. 
and it's taught by Dr. B. Serious. It's coming up in just a few short weeks, and it's going to be amazing. We had part one, uh, I think it was at the beginning of the year, and so many people wanted a part two. It's 10 hours of incredible teaching that you're not going to find on YouTube. You're not going to find it anywhere else. There's no book you're going to find this information in. We're teaching it to you. It's exclusive knowledge for 10 hours, and you're going to be able to watch it and rewind it and play it over and over again unlimited amounts of times. If you want to understand how to create the blueprint, the blueprint that's already built into you, how to access it, how to navigate it, and how to tap into your true God power, we're having part two. Part one was actually 11 hours. Part two is probably going to be 11 or 12 hours because we always go overtime. It's going to be some of the most incredible teaching you've ever had in your life. It's paradigm-shifting knowledge. And if you want that knowledge, make sure you register for the Blueprint for God Power Part 2. I'll drop it in the chat one more time. Make sure you share this video. Make sure you show this video. Because guess what? Some people are going to be pissed off. And some people are going to wake up. That's all I care about, the people that woke up. The people that said, you know what? Damn, I need to look into this a little bit more. I need to start asking more questions. Um, yeah, I think I need to do, I need to go research some more. Let me see what I can research here because this guy just dropped some real knowledge and he, he gave me some quoted scriptures to go check because he actually gave up his sources. So let me go read, let me play this back. Let me read those. You know, he mentioned these ancient texts. I wonder what those texts are. And then go read the Enuma Elish, and you'll find out you're looking, you're reading the Old Testament. Go read the Epic of Gilgamesh and the story of Zuzidra, who's actually Noah in the Bible, the full story. Go read that. Go learn more. Go read the myth of Adapa to find out how powerful we truly are. It's not in the Bible. You're never going to see it in the Bible. Go read these ancient texts and tablets. They're all translated now. There's no excuse. There's zero excuse. Even the Sanskrit from the Vedas and so forth have all been translated. You can read anything you want now. Go read the Mahabharata. Go learn about these wars between the gods of old. These weren't myths. These really happened. Go find out about the ancient past and what really happened so you can know how to build a brighter future. Hey, guys, I got to go. That's my time for tonight. Third I love. I love you guys. I got to run. I appreciate all the donations tonight. That goes to help underprivileged children. I will see you tomorrow night on the Biohack Your Best Life podcast. We're going to have another deep talk and a deep conversation tomorrow night. So tomorrow night, I see you at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Peace.